0: A meeting of the masters of mastication. Turn your attention as they delve deep into all things lifting and more. This is Peak Speed. And we're back with exciting news. Yes,
1: we are now professional. We have a sponsor for the show, which is awesome for us, but even more
0: awesome for you. Indeed, because who doesn't love a sweet, sweet online shopping discount code. And in this case, it's an online shopping discount code that gets you delicious coffee delivered to your doorstep. From our good friends, Prism Coffee, who are four Canberra lads who I've known for a while, uh, who've all worked in and around the specialty coffee industry for some time now, and now uh, out on their own, they've got a roaster, they're roasting beans, uh, and just generally kicking ass with delicious coffee. So,
1: John, how do the people get this amazing discount you speak of?
0: Go to their website, which is prismcoffee.com.au. Pick from the couple of different blends and some single origins that they've got. You can get it ground. You can get it in whole beans if you prefer to grind your own. They've got all of the options. Uh, And then you use the code Peakspeak in the discount bit of the shopping cart. And uh, you'll get a sneaky 10% off and it'll rock up on your doorstep in... Some amount of time. I don't remember exactly what it is, but I think they express post everything. So hopefully, quickly.
1: Perfect. Amazing. And well, that's it. Without further ado, here's, here's the episode. Yeah. Enjoy. Presented by Thomas Lilly and John Sheridan, Baby Cry in the background, not included.
0: Hello, welcome back. Here we are at what is officially the pivot point for Australian uh, temperatures today because we've seen the eight seconds of the year that Tom. Thomas Lily, uh, where's the jumper for? Yeah, I know. I corrected myself. I caught myself there. I wasn't I wasn't going to go that far. <laughs> yeah. Tom Tom, Bro just jumped on this uh, Zoom call to record this podcast, put on a jumper for the first time all year. I genuinely have not seen him in a hoodie all year. And then 30 seconds later, before we started recording the episode, he had to take it off again. It, so d- it did its job. It the got me to the, ap- the,
1: <laughs> the appropriate temperature, uh, and now I can remove it. Um, Classic. I want to go off on some tangent, uh, tangent about temperature, but that would be really boring. What's more interesting is right now, and God, Jamie, I hope you listen to this, Jamie Timms, uh, who is the prospective manager of my new gym in Brisbane, is currently on a tender date where the first time he's ever met this date is by bringing her to my gym to
0: do a technique session with him.
1: <laughs> and this is absolutely brilliant. I love oh,
0: my it. God. Wait, can we clarify, is this person paying for the technique session? No, 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 no. Sorry. Oh, okay. I, because I, that, I, I was going to say at that point, I don't think it's a date. I think it's just a coaching session uh, where you badly you badly screw it up by ending up sleeping with your mates. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it's
1: meant to be a technique session, but he's giving her a lot of, a lot of advice. <laughs> I think it's just meant to be a like, hey, let's train together and I'll show you the ropes of powerlifting. But whatever it is, it's brilliant and I love it.
0: Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good time. I like that. I mean, it's a bold, it's a bold strategy. It's really (laughs) leaning into defining your relationship and the power dynamic that you're going to have. But hey, that's your thing, that's your thing. I really want to see the messages, and I hope it's like, hey,
1: do you know what the fastest-growing chain of gyms in Queensland is? It's called Zero, (laughs) and I don't know if you know this, but I'm primed to be the manager of their latest facility, like selling himself on Zero. I hope that's the case.
0: Uh, Do you know what low-bar squats are? Because you're about to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Absolutely brilliant. I can't think of a
0: worse date location than this
1: gym. Oh, man. I mean,
0: we've had a lot of relationships blossom from our gym community, Um, but I don't think they've ever started as like, hey, our first date is official. Normally, it's like the other way around. It's like, hey, we've hung out a lot at the gym. Let's go on a date that isn't the gym. (laughs) And it turns out a lot of the time those people have nothing in common outside of the gym. So that is a potential pitfall also. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah it's a, it's a bold strategy And then to go in heavy on the Just coaching the shit out of them Through the whole thing Is like Yeah that's, That could end badly I really hope this ends up in marriage <laughs> It'll be a great story to tell <laughs> From at least Our perspective And possibly no one else's mm, Exactly uh, That's great Excellent. Excellent Here we are Having Definitely. talk some shit about <laughs> Bad
1: date locations Hey are you allowed to fly? Are you allowed to come to? Brisbane? I'm always are you still allowed
0: coming to fly. Nationals? Uh, I think so. New South Wales just extended their lockdown. I haven't actually looked at what the Queensland border restrictions are, um, so I don't know. Mm. Uh, we'll see. Like one of, at least one of the four lifters that I'm bringing actually lives in New South Wales, mm. which is going to be a pain in the ass because. Mm. She lives on just on the other side of the border and, like, for all intents and purposes, lives in Canberra. Um, But if it's a New South Wales-specific thing, then she could essentially not be able to go. We've already talked with a lot of our guys about essentially just, like, we've got to comp the week after anyway. So um, Hmm. if they don't get to do Nationals, they'll just uh, extend our peak by a week and do it then. But, um, yeah, we'll see, I think, at this stage. I was supposed to be going up to Sydney this weekend for, um, which will be yesterday when this episode comes out mm. for a GPC meet at, uh, PTC Macarthur, but obviously that's not going ahead, uh, at this point cause they're yeah. still in lockdown. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Disappointing, especially having, uh, seen Lynn, the, uh, woman I'm going up to coach have like a really solid training yeah. cycle and, you know, like get right to the point where she's hit gym PBs and is like prime for a really awesome, Turn out on the platform, and now we've got to sort of turn back around, do a little testing session, and extend it out by another couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully she can come down for that, but who knows, man? It's it's
1: so it's so interesting how quickly we get complacent about this whole situation. Yeah. Like, um, and especially us, like Queensland and. Um, And Canberra have both been relatively lucky. Like, we've had a couple of mini lockdowns, but you guys haven't had
0: anything up until the last couple of weeks. Yeah, man, like, we're wearing masks for the first time through this whole thing. Like, yeah, yeah? and I think they've just extended that, but it's going to end on Friday or something. So we'll have, like, had a mask mandate for, like, two weeks in total, Mm. you know? Um, Yeah, but
1: we we all still get complacent, including the running of all these competitions. Like, mm. I, I really feel for
0: for the meat directors putting the stuff together in the, the community Especially season. nationals, man. Like having that much money on the line already. It's a big effort. You know, like, and, and I think for for the lifters, it's important to recognize, and I think this is a message that it, perhaps not enough people hear, being the person that A, spends their time harassing a meat director, asking if they know what's going on, isn't very helpful. And I think more importantly, there needs to be some leniency from a lifter's standpoint about your expectations around trying to get a refund. Mm-hmm. For something like Nationals, the money's been spent like mm-hmm. in booking venues, in all of that sort of stuff. And for a lot of these businesses, like we just don't have the spare cash sitting around to be able to just refund all of it and cop the loss. And so I'm not saying you shouldn't request a refund if that's potentially the avenue you're going down. But please, if you're in a position to not do so and to be able to like request it transferred to a different meet or something like that, just you know maybe you have a little bit of leniency for uh, for sure for the small business owners in your lives for sure for sure I I think it's like
1: we get this with our our gyms like I'm sure you've had this I get it Um, I'm guilty of doing it as well it's really easy to sit there and be like Okay, 150 lifters. Each lifter pays this much. That equals this much. That's a lot of money, and like mm. have no idea at the cost that it to, you know, that, that goes into yeah. into doing this. At all the all the money that needs to be spent, and so you just make an assumption, like assumption, like how much can venue hire be? How much can paying support uh, helpers be? How much can the food be? Like surely it's not that much. I ran nationals uh, in 2016, as in like the uh, the uh, TJ EMS yeah, one, yep. Spring Nats, whatever you want to call it uh and we broke even we, we just landed in the green <laughs> yeah. by like um n- not not even uh you know enough money if i was paying getting paid minimum wage for the hours put in just for the comp not all the preparation leading into that. yeah yeah like it, j- it only just paid for itself um so like it's it's an expensive endeavor and and a lot of work
0: goes into it yeah wise. fucking oath man <clears throat> so um, yeah
1: because like we've got GPC nats coming up, the um, PA nats is a couple of weeks after uh, yep. August thirteenth,
0: yeah, or something like, like
1: that. that. Yeah, um, uh, APL nats, APL nats is four weeks, four yeah. weeks after that. Like, there's a lot going on.
0: Yeah, and it's um, yeah, it's a really shitty time. I've had this discussion now with a, a few of my lifters who are all coming up close to comps because we've got another comp the week after GPC nats. So it's all like everyone's kind of in the same boat, and I think it's um, it's something there's a, there's a lot of good lessons to be taken out of a scenario like this if you can get past the emotional come down of potentially not being able to do your meet mm. uh and i think one of those is in the resiliency of being able to recognize that the result on competition day isn't the only outcome from a training cycle and yep. and that you can uh you can still have taken a lot of really positive parts out of a training cycle even one that's that's interrupted or or doesn't end in the way you want it to i think it's a really useful opportunity at this point to look back on that sort of stuff and recognize that you can take a lot of value out of this without because in the end like the time you spend in training is infinitely more from an hour's standpoint than it is the time you spend in competition and so if you're only taking your successes and failures on the platform I think you're uh, missing out on a big chunk of the the real positive to come out of training
1: yeah for sure and without sounding like I'm too much of a Byron Bay hippie um, there's there's a (laughs) tremendous there's a tremendous sense of gratitude that we should have for how lucky we've been in this country in terms of um, how the whole situation has been managed uh, how much access we have had to gyms Um, how we've been able to continue training. Of of, of course, that all just applies for everyone except for Melbourne, God rest you. Um, Yes, fuck. (laughs) Like You guys have had it fucked up. Yeah, (laughs) brutal. Anyway, what are we meant to be talking
0: about? Uh, So once again, I'm carrying the Peakspeak team by coming up with another topic for our ongoing podcast. Definitely wasn't Um, plagiarized from another podcast. It uh, wasn't plagiarised. It was inspired by. It. Inspired, We've done a whole episode inspired. on that, Thomas. Come on, <laughs> and as long as you and as long as you credit the people, it's fine. Let's not um, credit them. Uh, no, because it's good, you got to frame the conversation. That's how these things work. You frame it by stealing someone yeah. else's information, and then you just <laughs> put your own spin on it. It's excellent. It sounds good. Uh, so yeah, I was meandering with my dog, listening to the uh, Reactive Training Systems podcast with uh, Mike Tushiera now I've forgotten how to pronounce it again. Anyway, uh, Mike T and uh, Max Ada. Max Ada works for Juggernaut Training Systems. Uh, and he was talking about his experience as a competitive weightlifter training under a the like proper Bulgarian method. And not like the, I made this up on the internet Bulgarian method, but like he was actually coached by um, Ivan Abijayev, who was the Bulgarian method. Um, and... One of the really interesting points that they made that I thought we could talk about because uh, they kind of only really glossed over it briefly, but the, the idea of the culture of a coaching system or a, or a coaching strategy. And in their case, like Max was referring to it as a, a strategy rather than a system because s- system doesn't necessarily take into account all of the factors outside of the program itself. And that's kind of what he meant by, like, culture as well, I I think, Uh, in that, you know, the part of the Bulgarian method involved paying off the right officials so that all these lifters could pass doping tests and, you know, all of those sort of aspects, but then also the mentality behind the training itself. So in that particular instance, Max referred to this, uh, this like idea that they had called crush girls. or some Bulgarian word like that, that didn't have a literal literal translation, but essentially meant the idea of like sandbagging your efforts in a way that allowed you to survive the brutality of the training program itself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the point I'm most interested in talking about because I think there are a lot of examples of uh, types of people who end up training under a particular system or methodology that lends itself to their personality. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced conflicts in, not like conflicts as in arguments or anything, but conflicts in the way I present my training model and the model that I use for coaching people with people who've come from a different model or a different system, and there's been a bit of that uh, essentially incongruency in our in our discussions and processes and intentions early on in the piece, and sometimes that resolves itself, and some, sometimes the resolution of that is, hey, this coaching relationship is going to come to an end, uh, and both of those are fine. But I think there's a lot to be said about it, basically.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, like
1: I love that I love that distinction between a system and a strategy. Yeah, um, and and the, the even the, just the notion of attaching culture to, uh, you know, a training system, a training mm. methodology, you know, that because it exists, and mm. if anything, it's uh, it's almost like an essential um, from a business perspective uh, for for continued growth. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe it's not completely essential, but it, it certainly creates the sense of community and cohesiveness that helps yes. drive growth. Like the. The immediate thing that came to my mind when you were talking about this is uh, CrossFit, and the yeah. a big part of the reason why CrossFit blew up so much is because of shared pain. Like, I, it doesn't matter. You're on the other side of the world. I can talk to you about like the grace wad if it yeah was, yeah was it grace? exactly yeah, looked, yeah like the, grace there's
0: a whole bunch of women's all, names and a bunch of other ones but like a named workout, it's like hey yeah. I've done that experience exactly we can share in that pain
1: we know what it's like like and regardless of our differences in our work and our life and our culture and our religion whatever yeah. we can communicate and share on this level of pain and experience and, and that's like, what
0: makes it uh, broadly accessible as well like uh, an off the street person doesn't understand what squatting 400 kilos means but your average off the street person's tried to do a chin-up before and seeing some shredded person banging out a million chin-ups at once, you're like, wow, that's really impressive on a way in a way that they don't have that recognition from for something like powerlifting.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I have this weird, unique lived experience of it at the moment as, as Zero continues to grow. And like especially I look at Zero up in Mackay, I don't know most of the people there. I think yeah. they're at 180 members and I maybe Fuck, know that's like, crazy. I don't know, 5%, if not less than that from the original Mackay crew. And so I see them, you know, doing these things that I've created and, and using systems that I've created. And I look at that and I'm like, that's really fucking cool. And it just sort of highlights areas that I've, I've uh, not paid attention to in my own, like, say, online community where people have become friends and there'd be no other reason for them to reach out to each other. And they'll see something like, here I am doing my X exercise, which may be a little bit more unique to zero. Like we, when we program tempo, it's always on the concentric. There's always a tempo concentric. So someone can see that and be like, yeah, I did those today. That sucked. And regardless of how different they are and whether they would ever communicate, now they are. And then that creates a team. And then other people join in. And now, like, I'll go to a comp, and there's a group of zero people who I haven't coordinated, helping everyone out. It's like, yeah. where did this come from? I didn't I didn't coordinate like that. Like I used to have to say, hey, can you help me do this and this and this? They're just there. And you'd mm-hmm. get it all the time. Like you go to any of your comps. There's a group of Burley people doing everything they need to do and you're not doing any instructing or saying, hey, no, go do that. You've already done all that. The foundation's laid. And now because everyone's connected on this level of Burley, and I know that's outside of the training, but an example of how this culture stuff infiltrates what we do, it's fucking yeah. cool.
0: Oh, and man, I think like... It- that idea has been spoken about for a long time because it was what it's what put people like you and I in the positions we're in you know was was developing these gyms that and it's it's sort of an extension of the crossfit thing right like you said it it came from this shared pain thing and then we ended up with these gyms that are like ours that are you know small micro to small businesses at best and have you know less than a couple of hundred members for the most part who all know each other well, who've all been through this same or very similar experience despite all of these different backgrounds. And, um, and it's the thing that continues to make community gyms like ours be a viable and ongoing part of the fitness industry. But I think from a, a coaching standpoint, I think people neglect whether intentionally or otherwise, the 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 style of coaching or the style of programming that they have and and what that means or who that means it works best for. Uh, so the example I gave to you before we started recording was like the difference between someone who has maybe come from like a, a West Side style, max effort, dynamic effort background where almost always in my experience those lifters are the ones that are happiest listening to really heavy music all the time there's a lot of yelling and screaming and getting amped up and they just lean into that and that's great and if that's your thing that's your thing and then you have someone who comes from perhaps a more data-driven methodical analytical approach to training then you're going to get uh, two very different personalities and I think there's a lot to be said for as a coach recognizing the type of personality that you're dealing with and perhaps being flexible enough in your methods but solidified enough in your principles to be able to create a program that works better for them Mm. than to have something that is just, oh, this is how I coach people and if you don't like it, go away. I think there's certainly a, a part of your coaching that should be that but there should also be some flexibility within the system, I think, itself and that's where it becomes more of a strategy than it does a system that allows that sort of thing to develop
1: yeah and i mean, like i'd go further than that and, and again put a business spin on it if you're not willing to do that i'd say you you're, you're stupid for not doing that and what I, I mean that sounds harsh but what i mean by that is if you like exactly as john just said it's about like taking the principles and bending it to the individual and recognizing that like subtle differences in how the principles aren't apply isn't going to diminish the quality of the principles still going to drive progress and you can change the way that that looks and if that means attracting a new demographic as someone that doesn't normally fit the mold of what you do for the sake of expanding your business and then reaching that demographic even further you'd, you'd be really silly not to do that yeah um it's so it, i i think we've got a kind of a, a unique we can take a unique retrospective look at this in australia because of the seg- segregation created by pa so because mm. like we've got such a a deep pool of pa coaches and non-pa coaches um you can see how uh there's such 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 different approaches in either one of those pathways yeah Uh, and like it's so it's so interesting just like i've got no positive or negative comment to make about that but from like a purely observational perspective it's really interesting to see how people who are then all pulled together end up with very similar styles and strategies um, and people bounce around in that little circle and people bounce around in the circle over here and the n- nary the two shall meet kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's been really interesting to watch that in Australia.
0: Yeah, and I think that extends beyond just like the the programming aspect of it itself, but it extends into that idea of culture and, and, and those sort of things because you have – people in my experience, at least people more on the, that have come from more of the non PA end of things, probably lean a little bit heavier into the hardcore end of yelling and screaming and being at that end of the amped up aspect. Like that, that is a huge generalization for sure. But at least that's my experience in terms of the people that have come to our meets and that sort of thing. And, uh, then seeing the other side of it being that slightly more analytical, you know, thought out, methodical approach to training. I I find it really interesting to look at the types of people and see those that thrive within the approach that I predominantly use. And then I find it I find it interesting that you can add or take out very small, relatively minor things into a training program or training system. That then allows that lifter to suddenly thrive in a much more beneficial way, and it can be as simple as like, oh, you're someone who needs semi-regular exposure to something really heavy. All right, mm-hmm. cool. Well, we can like we can give you that, or we can give you that opportunity to push an AMRAP in a exercise or or scenario where it's not going to be detrimental to the rest of your progress. Uh, I think like like I said before, and like you. Uh, Added to the the rigidity in your approach can potentially just be the downfall of your business. Mm. I
1: I think the coolest thing about like this whole this whole discussion around culture is it something you know like I I I've I've said a statement and I'm pretty sure you've said this and a lot of us in our positions have said this over and over. Like I say the statement of like I've worked really hard to create the culture and the community that we have at Zero. Yes. And, and having this conversation right now and reflecting on that statement, I have worked hard and we have a great culture and community at Zero. And you've worked your ass off and you've got a great culture and community at Burley. And it's like, did we actually work hard to create the culture or is that just an extension of ourselves? Because like, yeah. I, when I think back at it and I think uh, more practically, what did I do to create the culture and community here? I trained, I was on the floor. That's, that's all I've done. I've just been me and trained to be on the floor. Yes, it's evolved as I've put more mindfulness into like how I have to be as a leader, um, yep. the decision-making process, separating myself. As, you know, In the olden days, I was a friend slash coach and now I'm much more a business owner slash leader. And like that separation took, took some thought and effort and all that sort of stuff. But the cool thing about culture is that it is really just an extension of your personality. Yes, mm. there should be some thought
0: and effort that goes into it, but most of it's going to be organic. Yeah and that's that's the really interesting thing having watched you know you and I have been around and been successful enough to continue to be around for long enough to have watched a lot of gyms fail Mm. Uh, and often those gyms have failed in my experience or in my opinion at least as a direct result of the culture that has been created by the person at the head of it uh I can think of plenty of examples that were ridden into the ground in a fiery mess by the person at the front because they had an attitude or made decisions that put them in a position where it became a very divisive and no longer particularly acceptable, uh, accepting environment for people to be in and suddenly people walk away. You mm. know? And I think, uh, like I, I talk about this semi-regularly, but I remember... Looking back, looking back, I remember talking to uh, my partner relatively early on in the owning. The, or no, actually, it was it would have been in the PTC days. So when I was just managing the gym, um, but for all intents and purposes, I owned it. Like I made all the decisions. I ran the place. Uh, I remember coming home one day and still very naive about the whole thing, and saying to uh, my girlfriend, "Like, oh, I met this new person, like potential new member. Nice enough person." bit weird and like it was just a sort of flippant offhand comment that I, I meant nothing by and she stopped like just stopped dead in what she was doing turned around and was like you're all a bit weird and I was like oh yeah that's She's like right. a really that's a, that's a really good point like we are we're all fucking weird in that we all choose to do this really incredibly artificial thing that evolved from the fact that we should be hunting and gathering, but actually we all sit at a fucking desk and scroll through Instagram, <laughs> and like all of that. And since then, I have I've made a real, not concerted, but I, it was like a switch in my head where I I just fucking lean into the weirdness. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm way more about that now. I'm way more about people being whoever they want they want to be and providing an environment that allows people to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I talk about this idea: like we're not a we're not a powerlifting gym. We're a performance gym where we're about training for whatever it is you want to train for. Strength is in the name because I believe strength is one of those fundamental characteristics that is a part of the identity of, of the gym itself. But ultimately, it doesn't matter what you want to do. We're all just in this together. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, how good you are. It's about just moving forward. And Mm -hmm. that's ultimately, like you said, become... that They're they're my values. And so they have then become the gym's values that are Mm -hmm. then, like you said, an extension of who I am. And consequently, we've had some people that have left and we've had some people that have come and are never leaving uh, because they've found a place that they feel happy and safe. And I think from a... From a, a lifter's standpoint, finding a a coach and or a community of people that you feel safe and comfortable to be yourself in is ultimately going to be the biggest part of success in your training endeavors.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like you always talk about the the whole third place thing. I like yeah. to look at it as as like a Venn diagram with like you know lifting weights right in the middle. It's like we can have so many things yeah. intersecting and like just be just be bound by like fuck if if any if we went out on a massive group excursion with all the members of the gym and people wanted to talk to me about what i'm really interested in like be like oh yeah bro like uh, i went out on the weekend and had all these craft beers i'm like that's cool do you want to talk about dinosaurs like no one's going to want to talk to me about dinosaurs but <laughs> yeah. that's what i'm into right and it's like yeah but if you want to talk to me about lifting weights yeah i can talk about that all day and that's kind of what's binding us all together and um uh yeah i mean like it's it's such a cool part of 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 doing this is that 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 culture happens organically because of that central part. And yeah. I mean, like when you, when you see a completely alternative or um, to you cringey or, you know, completely backwards, uh, culture that conflicts with what you do, but you can see the success of it. Like you look at someone or or a gym or whatever, and you're like, how do they have a following? How do they have people giving them money? It's because, They've created a culture around what they do, around who yep. the person at the head is, and and you know there's there's all these like sub niches and subcultures that just find each other and it works.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I th- I think increasingly as I mature as a person, I've recognised that ultimately I just don't give a fuck what you're into. Just do your thing, and if we've got common interests, great. If we don't, great. Just don't be a dick. Yeah, uh, and I think yeah, that's probably the take home message. So yeah, but like,
1: deep. how fucking cool is that culture though? Like, it's yeah. like, you're not going to fit in here if you're an asshole to everyone else. If you're yeah. judging that person for the way they dress or who they're dating or whatever, you know, you're not going to fit in here. That, I yeah, mean, man. that's that's a fucking awesome culture.
0: And that's why we've been in a position where I've never kicked anyone out. Mm. Like in, fuck, it's like eight years nearly, I've never had to kick anyone out. I've got a a handful of people that are not welcome back anymore. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, but no one's ever been booted because I've never had to boot anyone out because the people that don't fit into our community have very quickly figured that out Mm. which is great like that for me is the ultimate uh, the ultimate praise of the community itself is that it self-selects the people that fit Mm. Uh, and not because we're all cunts to the people that don't fit but actually just because they recognize that their attitude is perhaps counter to what is the common narrative and so they find somewhere that they're more comfortable and that's great
1: yeah, it's so good. It's so good when you don't have to do anything about it, when yeah. they, they work out, okay, well, this isn't for me. I'm going to leave.
0: And I think it's hard as, uh, certainly it was as a less mature, less confident, less capable coach to try and figure that out, like figure out what it means to create a community because people told me all about it. I knew about it through... You know, third parties and seeing these communities develop from outside, but I had fucking no idea how to do it. Mm. Uh, I had, because no one can tell you how to do it. I don't think you can. I don't think there's a, a stepping stone to here's the process that I went through to develop my community. The biggest thing for me, like you said, was leaning into who I am. Mm -hmm. Like I'm more who I am now at 32 as a father and a business owner than I was at 22 when I started as a coach. And that's ultimately led to a community that is just a reflection of me and my values Mm -hmm. because I've lent into that and I've solidified some of them and I've reconsidered other views and those sort of things. And it kind of develops organically over time. Because as a coach, you should probably just be aiming to be as helpful as you can. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can aim to be relatively helpful and try your hardest with the tools that you have to help the people that are coming to you, then I think that will start to develop over time. It's the the fake people that are trying really hard on the surface but not actually genuinely living for it that I think get quickly weeded out these days.
1: For sure. I mean, and you you hear us talk about... um... A scarcity mindset quite a bit i think if you come into this game either as a coach or gym owner whatever you are with a scarcity mindset it is going to really 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 quickly pull a cover over what your culture is because you're going to close off mm. like if, if people leave because they don't fit the culture that is is built around you you're going to start to ve- be very cagey about your culture um, and yep. you're going to start to really look for people who don't fit in and be cagey about it because you're salty uh, because of the scarcity mindset. You know, when someone leaves, if you get offended rather than being like, you know what, they don't, they didn't fit in. And that would probably it was going to be more harmful to my business than yeah. helpful to have their 20 bucks a week or whatever they're charging, they're, they're paying. Right. Yeah. Um, as soon as you start to. You know create that sense of acceptance around like i'm not going to get every lifter in the world Uh, people aren't all going to want to train here you become a lot more confident and secure in what you have yes and that makes you so much better at selling yeah if someone comes in and you're just like this is what we've got check it out look how great it is look how much everyone loves it Yeah, that's like contagious people want to buy that if you're like you know this place isn't for everyone You know like we've had people come and go um so you really have to be the right kind of person to train here that doesn't make it sound exclusive it just makes you sound like an asshole
0: yeah and man the thing is like i've in having conversations with potentially new members i've had people join or, or like express interest in joining and in talking to them in that initial consultation decided they're probably actually just not going to work for us. like mm-hmm. it's it's because actually your goals don't align with how we do things and and what you want out of this process isn't reflected in the offering that we have. And so I've told them that we're not the right fit. and I think that has only something that I've been able to do in the last handful of years because I'm, like you said, much more confident in the product that we offer, and I have a much better understanding of who it's best for and what it's aimed at and what the requirements are from a, like it's a two-way street, right? I'm not here to just do everything for you because that's not how our product works. This is about you engaging in the process and, and being able to be a part of it. And if you're unwilling to do that, then we're just not the right place for you. I don't want you to be here because I'm going to have to put all this extra effort into trying to get you in, in to engage with something that just doesn't work for you.
1: Mm. I and think I that think- makes-
0: Oh, yeah, you go. I was just going to say that I think that only comes from experience and confidence, right? Like I'm just now much more confident in what our product is and how we do things so I can recognize that early on rather than it being like, oh, you're six months in and you're unhappy and then you leave because you're unhappy with the product because actually the expectations were too different to begin with. Mm -hmm. There's so much power in um, if you can continue
1: to do that as a business owner uh, and do it in a way... Um, that helps the person. There's so much power in that in terms of like oh, networking. Dude, rec- and, like recommending things. other people's gyms <laughs> sure, and like, like being able to say, no, you'll, you'll be better over here and um, this person will help you out and they'll get you on the right track. The person you referred them to, if they sign up, they're going to be super grateful for you and you're going to be on their good side. The person yeah. who you referred out is going to be super stoked. And when they find someone who doesn't fit the person they want to recommend t- to, they're going to recommend you. Like it's, it's just win, 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 win for everyone. Or if they're a particular asshole, you just send them to your competitor and be like, you know what? You'll (laughs) love it over there. Go
0: over there. Have a blast.
1: They'll welcome you with open arms.
0: So again, I, 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 look back on, um, some of the interactions I had with my girlfriend early on in the owning, running a gym process where she's never been a part of an environment like this because lifting's not her thing and that's not what she does uh so has not experienced the community aspect of the gym like prior to us owning a gym had not experienced that in a way that was as meaningful as the way i had mm-hmm. Uh, And so I was very firm in my ideas early on about like, that person's not the right fit for our gym. And so I'm not going to pursue the relationship. Like they've expressed interest. We've discussed it. I've said, look, you think about it, come back to me, but here's my recommendation. And I've just not pursued it because it's not worth the effort. And I recognized that pretty early on. And we had a lot of pretty big arguments about this Mm. um, because from her standpoint, I was saying no to more money. But whereas actually, what I was doing was saying no to someone who didn't fit with the culture that we were aiming for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I she learned her lesson when the gym locked down last year and everyone kept paying. Mm-hmm. She was like, "I'll never question you again." Like that was the that was the lesson I saw from an external standpoint. And I think it's easy if you've never been a part of something like a community gym to not see the value in it until an event like that puts out like she said it like openly to a bunch of our friends recently like yeah i'll never doubt him again like he, he was right he made all the right decisions and every aspect of that was right because that's what got us through that mm. and i think a lot of gyms survived because of that and a lot of gyms that haven't put the work into that because of whoever's at the head not being comfortable in who they are and what they're trying to do sufficiently to be able to be themselves and create something like that is ultimately what's going to be their downfall or what has been their downfall
1: for sure. The only gyms that survived that kind of event and will survive that kind of event are the gyms with heaps of money, so big Box Chain, or the, the gyms with great communities like ours. Yeah. Um, and so thank you, everyone who's been a part of our community. We couldn't have done this without you. Yeah, fuck earth. Sweet. That's all I That's got. That's it. Sweet. <laughs> all right. Goodbye. See you.